The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. The Gospel of the Lord. After the exaltation of the cross, we remember and commemorate today the sorrows of Our Lady, the sorrows of her heart. Father Frederick Faber, he comments on the sorrows of Our Lady. He says it's like standing before an ocean that has uh, several, seven uh, unfathomable depths to it. And those seven uh, unfathomable depths of that ocean of Our Lady's sorrows are her seven sorrows. And we stand here uh, today at the cross and we look at the sufferings of his mother as she suffers with her son. And so just to, again, build some of the literal sense and the context, so we know from, if we piece the different gospel accounts together, particularly Matthew's and then John's account, we know that initially uh, the women were standing, it says, afar off. So initially when Christ was crucified and all of the soldiers were very active uh, in his crucifixion and the things that they were doing, stripping his clothing from him. But then at a certain point, the soldiers seem to kind of settle down into entertainment and they start to gamble and they start to cast lots for the clothes of Jesus, for the clothes of her son. And when the soldiers become preoccupied with this other activity, this gambling and this entertainment, then we can see this group of uh, women and John move closer to the cross. And so it's at this point now they are standing at the cross of Jesus, right up close at his feet, right there with him to console him in his sufferings when everyone else is indifferent to him. We've looked at this scene before, and just to remember the context of also what comes just before in John's account and just after, right before you have Christ is stripped of his garments and also his cloak, that, that garment that was, it says, woven from above and without seam. And the soldiers are distributing those things between themselves. They have taken those things from him and now they are acting as if they are their own. And then immediately what follows from this scene is the Lord says, I thirst. He says, I thirst. And they bring to him, instead of something that will quench his thirst, they bring him something that only aggravates the thirst. They bring him vinegar, and they offer him vinegar to drink. And so they strip the Lord exteriorly of all of the things that are dignifying for him. They strip him of all of his clothes, probably the clothes that his mother made for him and gave to him. 
And then also, not only do they strip him exteriorly, but they also pour bitterness into his interior, quite literally, by offering him vinegar to drink. But in the midst of that, in the midst of the indifference and the cruelty, we have his mother. We have his mother and those who love Jesus standing by his cross. And they are participating because they love in a very deep way in his sufferings. We know that that is the price of love. When we love someone, what happens is that whenever they suffer, we suffer. We suffer because we love. Love has both consolation, but also sorrow that comes with love. I heard it described once, what it is to love is to take a sword and to place it against your heart and to give the person you love the handle. It's to give them, in a certain sense, the capacity to wound you deeply, either by their own intention or if they suffer. And if they suffer, you will suffer. I know a mother who's gone through a great trial recently with her own child that has been very sick with cancer and has been going through all of the sufferings of the treatment for that cancer. And honestly, I don't know who suffers more, the child or the mother. And I don't be, I'm not being flippant when I say that, but it's hard to measure the interior sufferings of a mother for her child. And when you speak to the mother, if you knew her, you would see what I mean. And so it's the same for Our Lady. As deep as the love is that we have for a particular person is the extent to which we will share in their sufferings when they suffer. And Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, there is no greater source of love or place or location of love for Jesus Christ than the heart of Mary. And because of the extent to which she loves her son, her participation in his sufferings are also extended to that same capacity. Both unfathomable depths, the unfathomable depths of her love and the unfathomable depths of her suffering for her son. Both Alban Goodyear and Brant Petrie, they note in their commentaries on this scene as well, that in that time when, Christ, at this time and in this age, it was legally binding for a man who had been condemned to death that he could make his final declaration of his will, last will and testament, uh, by simply vocalizing what he intended. He could leave the things that he had that were his own possessions to another, and he could do that simply by a vocal contract, especially for someone who was condemned to death on a cross. And so what the Lord says here is a legally binding contract. He has been stripped of everything else. He's been stripped of his clothes. He has literally no other possessions. He is truly the poor man on the cross, suffering and dying. But the last thing that he has is his mother. And so in his last will and testament, he looks out from the cross and he sees the one whom he loves and he sees his mother standing by. And in this last act of love, his last will and testament, he gives his mother to this beloved disciple and he gives the beloved disciple to the mother, the last of his possessions. And with this done, what uh, Fouillard says, he says, with the last chains that bound him to the earth now broken, 
he turns his eyes to his heavenly father away from his mother and he says, I thirst, I thirst. We know from other apparitions of Christ to his saints, we can understand a little bit more deeply this thirst. Yes, this thirst was physical. Literally, all the blood has been poured out of his body, and so he would have been, had this aggravating, intensely suffering thirst that would have, again, been all-consuming on a natural level. But also on the interior level, what the Lord reveals to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque is that the thirst that he feels in his interior is even greater than the thirst that he feels naturally at that moment. And what he said to her is that his thirst was a thirst for love, and that this thirst continues in the sacrament of his love, which is the blessed sacrament, the Lord present to us and in our midst, where the Lord is present, and also we can stand there by him in love. And he said to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, he says, I thirst so ardently to be loved in the sacrament of my love that this thirst consumes me. That's what Jesus says to us from the Blessed Sacrament, what he said from the cross, I thirst. He thirsts for souls who love him. We can see that that is the beauty of what this scene shows us at his crucifixion. In the midst of all the indifference, the Lord looks out and he sees these souls, his mother, his mother's sister, then also Mary Magdalene and the disciple whom he loved. They are his consolation. In the midst of indifference, they are the souls who steadfastly love Jesus Christ and console his heart and console his sufferings. And he continues to look for souls like his mother. He continues to look out from the Blessed Sacrament and look for souls who love him. And he looks upon all of those who take time out of their life to come, as you do, and to be in his presence and to participate in his sacrifice at the cross. And he looks out upon all of you and he sees not only you, but his mother which, with each and every one of us. She is given to each of us as a mother, as a last will and testament from the cross. And he looks out upon all of his beloved disciples and he sees standing next to each of us his mother, and he gives her to us from the cross. We are bound to Our Lady, not by biological ties, but literally by the cross. She is given as a gift from the cross, from his passion and death, so that the grace that comes from his cross and transforms us into children of God also makes us children of Mary. And so for us, it is to respond with Mary in love, to become ever more deeply her children, because to love Our Lady will inevitably lead us to an increased and more intense love of her Son, Jesus Christ. And in our time, that is manifest most profoundly in the love that we show Jesus in the Eucharist. Amen.